0: This episode of Revision Path is brought to you by Facebook Design. Facebook Design invests in building and teaching designers using the best tools for the job. I asked design program manager Marcy Quintana what she's learned about design since working at Facebook. Designing at scale is such an interesting challenge that takes so much intelligence and understanding of every small detail i don't think that's something i've ever like seen from um at at any past job so that's something that's definitely pretty unique to facebook having so many users around the world but um yeah i think that's
1: probably the the one thing
0: learn more at facebook.com forward slash design are you looking for a job do you know someone who's looking for a job then check out our job board over at revisionpath.com forward slash jobs. Whether you want a full-time job or you're looking for something temporary or freelance, we've got you covered. This week, Mapbox is looking for a cartography manager, and MailChimp is looking for a design manager. We also have job listings from Indeed.com, so head to the Revision Path job board at revisionpath.com forward slash jobs to apply and to search for any other listings. Don't forget to sign up for weekly job alerts when there are new positions added to the job board. You'll get an email so you can be the first to apply. And if you're looking for more jobs, then become a member of our Slack community and join the jobs channel. See you there.
1: You're listening to the revision path podcast, a weekly showcase of the world's black graphic designers, web designers, and web developers. Through in-depth interviews, you'll learn about their work, their goals, and what inspires them as creative individuals. Here's your host, Maurice
0: Cherry. Welcome to the Revision Path Podcast. My name is Maurice Cherry, and before we get into this week's interview, let's talk about our sponsors, MailChimp, Hover, and SiteGround. Join more than 15 million people who use MailChimp to not only send emails, but to grow their businesses on their own terms. Start sending professional-looking newsletters to your clients today for absolutely free. Now, just this past week, I was in Chicago with MailChimp at IRCE. And if you're someone who's already more familiar with MailChimp, you should think about joining their new partner program. You can open the door to more opportunities for your business, get an insider's view of MailChimp, gain unique support and insights, and get access to exclusive resources. For more information on that, go to MailChimp.com forward slash partners to apply. MailChimp, send better email. When you have a great idea for a project, you need to give it a great domain name. And guess what? Finding that perfect domain name is ridiculously easy with Hover. Most folks don't realize that when you register a domain with your contact information, it's published in this Whois database, which spammers and hackers and all kinds of other people can use to get into your inbox. Now, unlike some other companies, Hover includes free Whois privacy with all supported domains to keep your information confidential. Go to hover.com forward slash revision path and get 10% off your first purchase. Again, that's hover.com forward slash revision path, Hover, domain names for your ideas. SiteGround's hosting services are crafted for professional, business, or enterprise projects. So whether you're building something custom or you're using a CMS like WordPress, SiteGround lets you build better, faster, safer websites more easily, and they offer multiple hosting options that your websites can grow into. Visit SiteGround.com forward slash RevisionPath and get 60% off on all hosting plans. We have a new review on Apple Podcasts. This comes from Oh So Efficient and it's titled Great Show and Great Guests. Here it is. RevisionPath consistently has great guests. With every episode, I learn something new from someone new. It's an awesome show regardless of what level designer or non-designer you are. Also Efficient, thank you so much for that great review. Again, if you are listening to this show and you're subscribed to us on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and a review and I'll read it right here on the show. Now for this week's interview, I'm talking with graphic designer Antoine Thomas, founder and CEO of West 7th Design Studio. Let's start the show. All right, so tell us who you are and what you do.
1: My name is Antoine Thomas. I am a graphic designer based in the DMV area. I would consider myself to be an artist. I think design is an art form. It's one of my mantras.
0: Nice, how did you first get started with design?
1: I've always been into art. I've always drawn. I've always loved computers. I just didn't know that there was a field that married the two of them until after starting college. So I started at Howard University as a business major. Um, we had to do a presentation for um, some uh, major financial companies, and uh, I was more interested in making sure the PowerPoint looked good. And they told me, "Hey, you're great at what you do here, but maybe you should focus on, you know, design work." There's a program over there, and so that's how, that's how that got started. After about two and a half years of doing business administration work,
0: okay. I wanna go into your time at Howard, but I wanna you know, just kind of step back a little bit first. So you said that you were always drawing, kind of always interested in design, but you didn't know it was a career until you got into college. Tell me kind of about the time before then, like high school, middle school, were you kind of always like a creative kid?
1: Always, it's my passion, I love it. I, I would sit down and I, I was either drawing or writing. There was nothing else for me to really do. There was nothing else that I really loved. I know my, my parents tried to put me in sports, and I was just like, "Yep, yeah, all right, I'll, I'll do this until I can hurry up and get home and draw something else.
0: <laughs> did you grow up in the DMV area?
1: I did. I grew up in Maryland.
0: Okay. And so when you were in high school and you said that you kind of didn't know that this was a a thing that you could do as a career— was Howard still kind of the choice that you wanted to make in terms of uh, going to an institution of higher higher learning? Yeah, Howard was the school.
1: My parents were both business owners, and so that kind of entrepreneurial spirit was ingrained in me from an early age. I remember helping my mom and speaking with my mom about, um, you know, one of her businesses and you know my thoughts and advice coming from a child's perspective, and so. When it was time to apply for schools, it just seemed like going into business was a no-brainer. I loved art, but I didn't think that I could make a viable career from it. I didn't think that there was anything out there for
0: that. So two and a half years into being at Howard, you decided you would would switch over. I'm curious about the program there. Now, we've had a lot of of graduates from Howard University on the show. First off, I kind of want to know, what was your time like there? Do you feel like... Howard kind of nurtured you to where you are today?
1: I definitely do, uh, but I think it's, it's more of that tough love. Howard is a testing ground. When I first applied, I, and I applied early, um, you know, they lost bits and pieces of my application. Um, and so I had to you know, go back through my emails and say, no, this is who I spoke to. You know, I called this person on this date and you know, that sort of thing. So it taught me to be on point to make sure I knew exactly what I was talking about, that I had proof that I could back it up. It was tough love. It wasn't, you know, come here, baby. Let me let me hold you. We'll be all right. It definitely wasn't that.
0: It wasn't like, <laughs> but it's like Hillman. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. Both of the programs were amazing. I mean, you know, the School of Business program, I was fortunate enough to be a part of the honors program for, you know, a period of time, just excellent, excellent program. And, you know, I was even more fortunate when I discovered, hey, you have a design program, let me go ahead and go over here, you know, that my professors were folks who worked in their field, who had some real world experience, who could talk to me about what it's like to actually be a designer and not just theory.
0: Now, I'm really curious about Howard's program in design for a few reasons. First reason, back, I want to say, in maybe 2015 or so, Bloomberg had did this focus on Howard's computer science department, like as it related to, to technology and everything. And because I had so many people on the show that were Howard alum, I was interested to know kind of what their design their design program is about, because there were so many talented designers I knew that came out of Howard. I wanted to, like, talk to some faculty, hopefully for the show. I also am a part of AIGA's Diversity and Inclusion Task Force. So mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about, you know, what can we do to maybe get an AIGA student group at Howard? Because it seems like Howard is clearly doing something good when it comes to churning out Black designers. And I got nothing <laughs> in return. Really? I got no kind of response from anybody. So I don't know if it's like some walled garden if it's some you know kind of trade secret but i'm curious you you graduated you know you know not too long ago from there what was the program like like what were you learning like classes things like that howard is howard
1: and you know we are protective of of the greatness that we turn out no i'm kidding you know i I took um magazine design newspaper layout um, typography you know i took the the I would say the basic core classes, but there were classes like um creative business, and I think that was that was kind of being worked out as I was graduating as I was leaving, but things like that really set the stage and I guess my my experience is a little different. I don't really think you can you can't teach creativity, you know you can teach people how to navigate certain tools and you can teach people to work a little differently and, and teach them industry standards and things like that, but you can't teach creativity. So the people that have come through, you know, peers that have come through, they're already super talented. It's just Howard just provides that foundation. And, and I think the culture of Howard, because it's that, it's that tough love nurturing sort of thing. I would, you know, my professors didn't let me get away with anything. I had one professor, this is going to sound really, really bad. I got to a point that I was feeling myself just a little bit and so I was like you know I'm not gonna go to class today I'm gonna (laughs) I'm gonna stay home you know I'm tired let me just go ahead and do that I'll show up for for critique and you know for one of my classes that worked out you know the professor didn't like it we're not gonna say any names because I graduated I'm done but um (laughs) Didn't like it. But one of my other professors, you know, I got up, I did my presentation in the class, you know, gave me some feedback. They were like, this is great. This looks amazing. Yada, yada, yada. My professor sat there and said, all right, so we know that you can design, you know, everybody here can design. That doesn't mean it's successful. And proceeded to chew me out in such a way. like I was like, oh, my God, I thought I really did something. I was really feeling myself, feeling my shit. I was like, okay, all right that conversation and, and that, (laughs) that not, it's not a tear down that, you know, that critique shifted a lot for me. So, you know, I think Howard does a good job of telling you, okay, cool. You've got the talent, you have the education, you're smart. We know that, but how are you really applying that talent to, you know, the work and how are you making a difference here?
0: And when I think about it, I mean Howard is one of the few HBCUs that I can name that really has a dedicated design department. Like it's not something that is maybe shoehorned in under, you know, arts or music or something. It's a dedicated department with a dean and faculty mm-hmm. just for that.
1: Yeah. That helps, you know, you know, with with our, our mentorship and advisors, all of that, having people that are dedicated to the visual arts, and even to your point, you know, when I was graduating, so I don't, I'm not 100 percent sure if this is still the case, but video game design and 3D design was a completely separate focus. Like where I was concerned, and where the Department of Fine Arts in regards to visual arts was concerned, we didn't focus on that. So, you know, I know that that department you know, for video game design and electronic, the name is escaping me, they've won awards. You know, they've, they've won amazing awards for that. But I think that goes, that speaks to the point that, you know, there's power in kind of separating, you know, separating the arts and allowing people and faculty, staff, students to really focus
0: in on their craft. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah, and I it sounds like, from what you're saying, I mean, with video game design, 3D design, that the department is at least equipped to to grow as the industry grows, is what it sounds like. Yeah. That creative kind of business course, do you feel like because you had that two and a half years in business before, that sort of gave you an advantage?
1: In a way, I feel like I was prepared to look at graphic design and web design as a business and as a viable business and not just do it because I, you know, I love it. And saying, okay, well, I I could do this for free. Well, yeah, you know, I I love what I do. So of course I could do it for free, but you know, doing it for free doesn't pay the bills. So it it helped in a sense, but at the same time, you know, when you're talking about running a business, running a creative business is different than a standard, you know, what I would call a standard business. So much so that, you know, there are new programs that are springing out at various universities, like creative MBA programs. You know, those are geared specifically towards creatives who want to run and manage their own businesses. So it it helped. But there's still some more that I need to learn.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, speaking of that learning, I mean, you have started your own business. You have a studio called West Seventh Design Studio. Is that right? yes. How did you get the idea to start that? When I
1: decided two years in that I wanted to switch my major, I felt like I was going to be so behind, you know, my peers in, in the art program. I was like, you know, you guys have been here for two years. You guys have taken your studio courses. You guys have, have studied. You you've thought about this more than I had. And so I figured the best way to get equal footing was to get some real world experience. So when I went into the classes, I could actually ask questions, you know, to my professors, like, okay, well, you're teaching this, but you know, I've had clients who like this. What what should I do in these situations? How do I navigate this? How do I navigate that? It was really to, to kind of help me out and to test the waters to make sure that this is what I wanted to do. I mean, that's that was a big jump, especially telling my parents. You know, hey, by the way, I changed majors. Happy summer. I'm so glad to be back here.
0: So you kind of started it, it sounds like, as an experiment. Pretty much,
1: (laughs) yeah. And it stuck.
0: (laughs) Do you think that starting that early was a good idea? I mean, because you were switching majors, and I know you wanted to kind of test the waters. But as you said, you're also learning that running a creative business is different from running a regular business, do you think that that sort of hindered you in any kind of way starting off?
1: I wouldn't say so. I think for me, the way that I learn, I learned by doing, I, I have to, I have to get my hands on things. And so, you know, I learned a lot about what not to do, you know, what doesn't work. And that trial and error, I think having that trial and error early on You know, while I was still in school, while I could still be considered a dependent, you know, with my parents like that, that helped a lot, you know. So me forgetting to have a contract between my studio and a club promoter, you know, me being out of that money didn't destroy me. You know, it it didn't cause me to struggle as much as that would cause me to struggle now. So I think that was, it was really helpful for me to, to have done that as early as I did. The drawback, I would say, is that because I started so early and because it was an experiment, you know, I feel like I undersold and uh, kind of undervalued my work and the quality of my work because I figured, you know, I'm a student, I'm just starting out. You know, there are people who are charging X amount and who am I to charge that? So. You know, I'll do this. And, you know, kind of working that and, and switching that up and shifting, you know, my clientele and the studio's clientele over these years. That's been a thing.
0: <laughs> so let's talk more about the studio. Like you said before, you started when you were in school. So it's been around now for a little over eight years. Tell me some more about it. I know you've got a, a small staff, like talk to the audience, tell them what West 7th is about, what you do, services, all that kind of stuff.
1: West 7th Design Studio is a studio of artists. Like I said, design is an art form and it must be treated as such. That's my mantra and that's the mantra of the studio. And that's the reason why it's called a studio and not a design firm or design agency. It's art, we're artists. And I've been really, really fortunate to have met people who believe in that vision, who agree with that vision and who want to take this and build it out even more. I wanna give a shout out to um, my right hand woman, Whitney Jackson, she's amazing. She's been with me since I opened the doors to bring on a team. Yeah, and she's great at um, identity and branding and and, and conceptualization. And so that's one of our primary areas. Of course, we do um, digital design, print design, promotional, collateral, and web design as well.
0: What are the best types of clients for you to work with? I would say
1: clients who are open to collaboration. I don't like to be treated like a production artist. You know, I don't like for clients to come and say, this is what I want, just go do it. You know, I like there to be, you know, communication and and let's build this design, let's build this world, let's build this vision together. So clients who come in open-minded and who want to collaborate and have fun with the process.
0: Are you working on any special projects now that you can talk about?
1: I just wrapped up a full rebrand and fully redesigned website for a government agency. I'm not 100% sure if I can share the name just yet.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: No, I'm kidding. Um, it's on my website anyway. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's um, the Defense Forensics and Biometrics Agency. The website's not launched right now, but it's been approved, and so we're going through the process of getting it up on the server. But um, yeah, yeah, that's been my baby for for a while.
0: Now I think it's it's kind of important here to to kind of loop back into something you said earlier about when you started the business. You kind of had that. That safety net of still being in school, kind of, you know, still under your parents. And even now that you're you're doing the studio, you also have a full time job, is that right?
1: hmm I still have a safety net.
0: <laughs> so well, I mean, that's, I mean, trust me, that's not a bad thing. And I want for people that are listening that are thinking about kind of starting off on their own and things like that. However, you run your business is how you run your business. The important thing is that you keep it running. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I'm not I'm not, you know, shitting on your anything about that because you (laughs) have a nine to five when you're doing it. But I'm I'm really interested to know how do you kind of balance those two? Because I would imagine you're spending, you know, 40, maybe 40 plus hours a week with this this nine to five job. And then you've also got studio work as well. How do you sort of keep those two things in check?
1: It's a process, I think what helped was starting the business at Howard, you know, I had classes and I had studio classes, you know, those three hour classes that you're, you're just in there working and then going home and having homework, but having client work to do on top of it, um, that kind of set the stage for me. And, you know, now, you know, I work full time, I come home, what I'm finding or what I've found out a while ago, you know, people say, I want to start my own business so that I can control this and I can design what I want. i found that I'm designing far less for the studio than I thought I would be because I'm so focused on the business and securing clients, um, making sure that invoices are processing, making sure that my teammates are, and team members are taken care of, and, mm-hmm. you know, the taxes are paid, like all of that. So it's a little different for me now, but I'm, I'm used to, being busy or having a lot on my plate, I feel I honestly kind of feel lazy when I don't have that going. I don't. I'm not saying that that's how anybody else should think. And you know, I've I've had to tell myself, okay, when you get home, you're put. You're turning on TV, turning on Netflix. You're gonna sit down. You're gonna veg out. You're not doing anything. Just relax. <laughs> but you know, I'll finish binge watching Dear White People or. or some show and i'm just like what have i done like what am i doing with my life i need to go do this i need to do this i need to send whitney this you know i need to send this other client this but i'm always moving i'm always going
0: i try to work while binging netflix i find that <laughs> <laughs> sometimes like oh like i'll have house of cards playing while i'm trying to you know write out proposals or something so i i know what you mean about kind of it's it's hard to kind of switch it off sometimes yeah
1: it is, and I I was doing that for a while. I would sit down with my laptop Thursdays, and I wasn't not really big on Grey's Anatomy, it's a little, you know a little too emotional for me. I don't need to be crying into my laptop every night. But um, doing um, you know watching Scandal or and How to Get Away with Murder on my laptop, focused on doing something for you know my team member or for a client. And then I've missed something, you know, somebody's dead on (laughs) how to get away with murder. And I'm just like, well, who, how did this, what did I miss? You know, and I I realized, okay, I need to step back. I think I had to set schedules for myself. So, you know, Thursdays, Thursdays were Shonda days. Like when I come home, I can rest for a little bit, knock out some work, you know, but when the scandal comes on, the laptop's getting put away, not going to turn the phone off because I'm a live tweet, but, um, yeah, I'm not I'm not doing any work, but I find that, you know, on other days, you know, I'll put on HGTV or um, Food Network or something like that, and I can, you know, have that background noise and, and feel like I'm relaxing a little bit while I'm working.
0: Yeah, for me, I have to give myself a cutoff as well, because I work mostly from home, mm-hmm. and so I'll try to give myself a cutoff at like... Seven o'clock. That's it. Because usually I wake up and I'll I'll get started maybe, you know, six in the morning. So I figure (laughs) if I can pull a full twelve or eleven, if you take a break in there for an hour, I can get off at seven. I can watch Wheel of Fortune. I can watch Jeopardy. I can get ready for any other shows that are going to come on Mm. and like sort of settle into the evening without having to focus on oh I got to get this done. I got to get this done. Yeah. Um, also helps when you, you have a staff. I've got a small staff. You mentioned Whitney. Do you have any other uh, staff members?
1: I have Whitney. I have two Simones: <laughs> Simone Rose, Simone Carter, and Chris Williams right now. Just interviewed another designer, you know, and fingers crossed he joins the team. I don't want to put his name out there in case, but yeah, small group.
0: Well, even with the staff, I mean, it helps because you can delegate work. Then. Oh, Definitely. And then more on that on that business development
1: yeah it's it's been a huge huge blessing to have a team and to have a team that that understands and supports the vision and the goal
0: how was it sort of getting i guess used to the notion of having that team like was that a, a setback for you or did mm-hmm. you find that once you got into building a team that you know it was pretty easy for you
1: let me tell you I'm still getting used to the notion of having a team it's hard to relinquish control of something that you've worked so hard for and for me there was a lot of a lot of work a lot of sacrifice that went into starting this studio you know though it was started as an experiment you know when I when I found that I, I really enjoyed it in order to build the bank account I you know didn't pay myself for a while I was like you know I'm whatever money I make, it's, it stays in the business, reinvest. And so then to bring on a team, bring on other people that you're hoping and you're trusting, you know, will do what they say they're going to do. That's terrifying, you know, because your, your reputation is that's so you really have in business, you know? And so once somebody drops the ball on a project, that's difficult to, to come back from. And not just in terms of, your business reputation, but your morale, like I really, I trusted you, you know, and that sucks. And, and unfortunately that's, that's happened. You know, I've, I've had people drop the ball and you know, it's, it's really unfortunate, but I think it's a part of life and it's a part of business. You go back to the drawing board and you say, okay, well, this didn't work. Let's sit down and think about why it didn't work. What could I have done better? What could they have done better? What are some procedures that can be put in place to make sure this doesn't happen again? That sort of thing, and talking with you know the team members who are still here, you know, saying, okay, hey, how do you feel about this? You know, is there something that I can be doing better? You know, to better myself and to better the studio. So,
0: what has your team taught you? Uh,
1: they've taught me that it's okay to bring the hammer down every now and then that it's okay to ask for help, that I don't have to do everything on my own. And, you know, I've mentioned Whitney. She's my right hand. She's my go-to. She's, she's great. And she's provided a huge comfort in, in me knowing, okay, when there's a big project coming through, I can pass it off to her. I can focus on the business aspects of this. She says, I've got it. Don't stress about this. Don't think about this. You know, you have other things to think about. Focus on. So you focus on that. Simone Carter. She's going to be doing our social networking for Print. It's a subsidiary of. Um, it's an art shop subsidiary of uh, West Seven Design Studio. And she's told me like, listen, you can text me. You can email me. You can call me. Pass me the baton. Like I've got it. And so, telling me it's okay. Like let go. We've got you. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, it sounds like your team has a lot of trust in you, so you have to kind of put that trust back into them.
1: Yeah, it's a lesson, you know, and like I said, it's, it's an ongoing thing. And it's once something bad or something that, you know, we consider horrible happens, you know, it it shifts your morale and it, it shifts your, your, your thoughts and your thinking. And, you know, it's just a matter of, of bouncing back from that dusting your shoulders off and saying, like, all right, well, it's part of the game. Let's go. Yeah.
0: What advice has sort of stuck with you the longest when you think about your business?
1: I would have to say that the the whole notion that you you can't please all of the people all of the time, like that, that's key. I had to realize it's okay to to kind of have a niche to tell people no, to tell clients no, to say this this doesn't line up with with who we are, what we want to do, to really cultivate and own your business and your brand and how you convey yourself to to the world, that was key. And then for for print, um, my late good friend um, Kenneth Wiggins taught me you design for print. You know, it's it's we do clothing and. Wall art and things like that. He said, design things that you want in your house. Design things that you want to wear. Don't design for other people. Both of those have been extremely important.
0: Switching gears here, I want to kind of focus on kind of the DC DMV design scene. I know that DC has a a pretty active design scene, whether it's through AIGA, whether it's through all the different government organizations and stuff. For you, how would you kind of classify the design scene are you are you active in it are you a, a big part of it?
1: Not the larger scene you know I'm more interested and in, in, I would say more invested in the black designers scene and and trying to establish and work with people who are trying to establish um, creative co-ops and things of that nature and I mentioned Kenneth Wiggins you know, he and I used to meet every every Tuesday to discuss business and design and art. And, you know, we met with a variety of creatives, black and black and gay creatives in the, the DMV area. And that was great. You know, that kind of fizzled out a little bit. But I have another friend who's working on her version of that. And, you know, I'll be assisting her with that. So that's where I am.
0: Now this might be a a bit of a a silly question to ask, but I have to ask because it's it's revision path. We focus on black designers here. Mm-hmm. With you know DC kind of being such a big, varied design scene, why is it important for you to focus on black designers?
1: That's who I am. You know, that's my identity. It's not a silly question at all. I am I'm a black man in America, and my life experiences that all plays a role in how I view the world if I'm looking at design as an art form and art is influenced by and informed by life then to me it goes hand in hand not saying that that other design groups and and open I don't want to use the word segregated but um Design groups that aren't solely focused on, you know, minorities aren't important. Those are important. It's just these, I think these are important as well.
0: Okay. How do you think we can get the next generation of uh, folks interested in design? Do you do like a lot of giving back to the community through the studio? Like, like what do you do?
1: I give back. Um, I, I volunteer my time. Um, the past two years, I volunteered with the group. And an event called Tech Turnup, led by Tim Whedon, and um, we went in and spoke to to students about careers in in tech, uh, you know, music, graphic design, web design, engineering, like all of those different things. Telling kids like there's so much more out there than you may be aware of, and just kind of exposing them to all of that and letting them kind of play around and get a feel for for what they like and, and what they don't like.
0: Did you give them any kind of advice? Like, if they wanted to follow in your footsteps, what would you tell them?
1: I would have to tell them, I think it's difficult when you kind of break the mold of what other people are used to. You know, I think things are a little different now, you know, when when talking about wanting to be a designer a graphic designer or a web designer, but for me, I, I know you know there was so much pushback. But being okay with that pushback, being okay with with people telling you their thoughts, and kind of letting that roll off your back, like letting that letting that roll off your back, or empower you to to do and be better.
0: What keeps you motivated and inspired with everything that you're doing? Is there somewhere that you from?
1: So I pull my inspiration from from a lot of different things. So I I paint, uh, I write, I snap pictures, I listen to music, I have a great group of creative friends that I hang out with and I observe their art, I interact with them and that pushes me and and motivates me and and compels me to continue to do better to continue my art. I actually have an art day scheduled <laughs> with with uh, two of my friends we're gonna we're gonna go to michael's and utrecht and some other places grab some art supplies and just create so that that companionship and that creativity and just letting things kind of happen it's it's amazing and i think all of that kind of ties into to my design work and into how i process things with my team
0: I like that idea of an art day. It's a good idea. I haven't been to the art store here. Well, we have a few art stores. I think the one nearest to me is probably, it was Utrecht. I think it's like Blick now. I think that's what it's called. I haven't been there in a long time, but I, I'm like a kid in a candy store when it comes to going to art stores. I have to pace myself. Listen, I'm
1: the same <laughs> way. It's horrible. Like I, I, find, I find myself going into Michael's and I'm just like, all right, I'm really, I'm here for charcoal and so, some spray paint. That's it. And I'm, you know, I passed some metallic paint. I'm just like, I don't have a use for this now, but I know I will. I know I will. And then I end <laughs> up buying a canvas and I, yeah, Michael's in my bank account.
0: Have you had any mentors that have helped you out along the way?
1: Yes. Howard University's Dr. Tony McEachern. I don't know if he would officially consider himself my mentor, but... He was the one who taught the creative business course, and the one who chewed me out <laughs> for that critique in front of that class. He's been instrumental um, in a lot of what I do. This reminds me; I actually need to reach out and speak to him because I haven't talked to him in a little bit. But I would, I would definitely say Dr. Tony McEachern and the late Kenneth Wiggins. He was, he was an amazing friend. But an amazing mentor as well. I've been really fortunate.
0: With everything that you're doing and working on now, do you feel like you're satisfied creatively?
1: I feel like I'm I'm getting to a point where I'm a bit more satisfied. I'm actually a little terrified of being of being fully satisfied. I think that kind of breeds complacency, and that terrifies me. But I'm happier with. My creativity and with my levels of creativity than I was before. I know I mentioned print before. Print was started for the sole reason of being creative, just for being for the sake of being creative. It's always great to to do client work and to provide something that you'll see on billboards or you know on various websites, on flyers. Oh, that's great and that's wonderful. But a lot of times when you're working with somebody else some of the great ideas that you had get left on the cutting room floor and so you know i started print to say this is what i want to do i don't really care what anybody else thinks like this is this is art for me it's art that i want to wear it's art that i want on my walls and that allowed me to kind of flex a little bit spread my wings have some fun with creativity and these art days they're great they yeah I'm happier than where I was. I still got some things that I'm, I'm trying to knock out, though. So,
0: How is print going? How long have you sort of started that? You said it's kind of a, a subsidiary. Yeah, oh. print is great.
1: I honestly can't tell you when exactly it started. It's had quite a few incarnations, honestly. Um, it started as a just like a poster shop, and that failed. <laughs> it just did not work. I think my peers didn't really want posters and so you know kind of revamped and and started doing clothing and that that seemed to seem to take but it's, it's going really really well we just revamped the website new platforms and so i'm working on churning out a new design every month it's a challenge to myself to like just push myself get out of my business get out of my head get out of the paperwork and actually do something
0: yeah with with revision path we've got like a merch store and i'm finding i don't know it's difficult to at least from what i'm finding is difficult to not really come up with the designs but getting other people interested enough to want to purchase them i've thought about you know just kind of on my own outside of revision path doing something similar to what you're doing with print like i i came with a name for it designed a logo for it where I was going to do like, actually I was going to start off with posters, like posters and then maybe t-shirts and stuff, but just never, I never fully got around to it. Cause I guess for me, it's the selling part. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, you know, I can create, 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 but going out and trying to sell it or get people interested enough to purchase it is where I would run into kind of the, the drawbacks of wanting to do it.
1: That's, that's completely understandable. I mean, that's, that's totally real, you know, with, print because it was it's just our art, it's us having fun. We weren't looking at it as us as, as being hard pressed to sell anything. Fortunately, the site is, is hosted where the West 7 site is. And so, you know, we didn't have to worry about paying for that. We do drop shipping and so we don't have any inventory. Overhead is it's virtually non existent. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's just the the time that that we're spending doing it, but we enjoy, it's it's for fun. And so, you know, when shirts sell, it's like, all right, cool. Hey, that's awesome. (laughs) That's that's great. You know, and we have a strategist and we have somebody who's going to be doing our social networking for print and for print alone to increase sales. But I guess for me, that was never, it was never really my main goal was just to have fun Versus West Seven, you know, with 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 Seventh Design Studio, I'm just like I I need bills to be paid. You know, we need certain things to be done with print. I'm just like ah, let's have fun.
0: Yeah. Do you think that eventually that'll be a service that you end up offering through West Seven?
1: It very may well be, and I, I wouldn't mind that at all. You know, I've I've had a couple people kind of throw up some ideas and and some requests. My thing is. If the idea is good, if I, if I like it, if it's something that I can really build on, cool. We can do that. But I love the ability and the power to say, no, I just, I don't want, I don't want to do that. This is print. This is my baby. I don't feel like doing it. Ask Whitney. I'm like, Whitney, do you want to do this? She's like, no, I don't want to do it. I'm like, cool. It's not, <laughs> it's not getting done. If you want us to design X, Y, and Z for you? Drop us a line at West 7 Design Studio. We'll be more than happy to send you a contract. That sort of thing.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of that way too with uh, with folks when it comes down to one design stuff. I'm very quick to throw out my business because that's that's what I do. Even if it's consulting or something, I'll say, "Hey, yeah, if you want something, we can schedule a call. We can, you know, kind of get it going." Because in the end, it all kind of comes down to the bottom line. Because you're working on it, or you're at least delegating the work, or you're overseeing the work. So you might as well try to bring it all into one place. Yeah. Definitely. Where do you see yourself in the next five years? Like. What do you think you'll be doing? Will you still be working with West Seventh? Will you build it out more? What do you want to do?
1: I see myself still working with West Seventh, built out more, and in California, in yeah, San Diego. You know, I've, I'm moving, moving. To California, yeah, or just no moving, moving. I I want to be in California. I need to. I need to be in a tank every day. Okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's, that's uh That's where I want to be, and um, I don't see closing West 7th. I see having, um, you know, I believe Whitney. Whitney is pretty set here, but she would manage this side of the nation, and and I would be making way on the other side.
0: Why San Diego specifically?
1: It's the last place in California I visited, and I really liked it so much. (laughs) 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 I fell in love with that area. It was just a beautiful area. And I feel like there's a lot of inspiration there. You know, having been born and and mostly raised in the DMV area, there's a lot that's here, but I I feel like I need to spread my wings. And if I'm going to spread my wings, I want to do it where, like I said, I can put a tank top on and, and... maybe
0: run to the beach. Mm -hmm. Hey, it's not a bad idea. Not a bad idea at all. Well, just to kind of wrap things up here, where can our audience find out more about you and about your work online?
1: Totally. So of course, the West 7th design studio website, w7th.com, the print website, prntw 7com my Instagram, um, rex.mare, Those are the places I live.
0: All right. Sounds good. Well, Antoine Thomas, thank you again so much for coming on the show. Uh, Thank you for kind of sharing, you know, a lot about West 7th, how you built it and everything. Thank you for kind of sharing also what Howard's design program is like. I mean, it's something that I've been interested in just from a you know kind of a personal standpoint but hopefully for people that are listening and and considering where to go for an HBCU that might have a good design program it sounds like Howard would be you know a good place but outside of all of that I mean it sounds like you are are really diligent with your business it sounds like you're focused and that you are able to easily kind of handle the setbacks that might come with running a business and doing a 9 to 5 it doesn't sound to me, from what I can tell, that you're <laughs> you're struggling with it at all. It sounds like you're doing pretty good. So hopefully your interview and your words here will be you know, an inspiration to someone. So thank you again for coming on the show. I appreciate it.
1: I definitely appreciate you. I'm so humbled that you asked me to. Thank you.
0: Of love are in mind. And that's it for this week. Big thanks to Antoine Thomas and thanks to you for listening. You can find out more about Antoine and his work through the links in the show notes at provisionpath.com. Also, thanks as always to our sponsors, Facebook Design, MailChimp, Hover, and SiteGround. Facebook invests in design. They care deeply about how their design team might do their best work, and that manifests itself in a number of different ways, such as showing how internal design critiques work at Facebook, sharing resources about VR and other cutting-edge tech, and by giving away great tools and resources like Origami Studio, popular device templates for Photoshop and Sketch, and even diverse hands for mock-ups. Learn more about Facebook design at facebook.com forward slash design. More than 15 million businesses around the world use Mailchimp to grow sales and to make money in their sleep. You know, Mailchimp has really grown from being just an email service provider to becoming your one-stop place for marketing your business. Aside from sending email, it ties into hundreds of other services like Hootsuite, Zapier, Salesforce, Eventbrite, and many others. Get everything you need all in one place and sign up for a free account today. MailChimp. Send better email. Hover takes all the hassle and confusion out of buying and managing your domains. With free private domain registration and your choice of domains across all the 400 plus domain extensions out there, how can you turn that down? Go to hover.com forward slash revision path and get 10% off your first purchase. Since 2004, SiteGround has been empowering web professionals and beginners alike to build better, faster, safer websites easily without having to worry about hosting. Visit siteground.com forward slash revision path to get 60% off on all hosting plans. SiteGround, web hosting crafted with care. This episode was edited by RJ Basilio and produced by me, Maurice Cherry. Our intro voiceover is by Music Man Dre with intro and outro music by Yellow Speaker. If you liked this episode, please do me a huge favor. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and a review. It only takes a minute or two. It really helps the show out by bumping us up in the rankings for design podcasts. And I'll even read your review right here on the show. Revision Path is brought to you by Lunch a multidisciplinary creative studio in Atlanta, Georgia. Visit us at yepitslunch.com for all your design, strategy, and creative consulting needs. And if you like the work we're doing here with Revision Path, then please consider becoming a patron. Now more than ever, Revision Path needs your support to make sure that stories about Black designers and creatives in our field are being told in their own words. So if you support us, just go to patreon.com forward slash and pledge today. Pledge level started at just $1 per month, And you'll get access to behind-the-scenes information about the show, upcoming interviews, and so much more. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.